When you're lost in the darkness, look for the pod. Specifically, the Prestige TV podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, where we're breaking down every new episode of HBO's The Last of Us. On Sunday nights, grab your battery and join Van Lathan and Charles Holmes for an instant reaction to the latest episode. Then head back to the QZ on Tuesdays for a deep dive with Joanna Robinson and Mallory Rubin. From character arcs to video game adaptation choices, story themes to needle drops, we'll parse every inch of this cordyceps-coated universe. Watch out for mouth tendrils and follow along on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. We are back after last week's barn burner of an episode, I'd say. Talk about (laughs) cool men and any that we came up with and debate some. I'm excited to get into it. We're also just going to hit on some other celebrity topics. Prince Harry back in the news. It had been like a month, so of course he's back. And some other sundry things that are happening here and there. But first... I'd love to discuss some cool men, Amanda, and any that you could come up with. Should we provide a little bit of context for people who either sure. missed last week's episode, which I or agree, didn't make it to the end, was really fun, or didn't make it to the end? Yeah, that's <laughs> I. I heard from some people in my own life who also were like, "You, you were really flying on last week's episode," <laughs> but then I was like, th- to both of us, not just me. And and then I was like, thanks so much. Can you name a cool man? And they didn't understand what I was talking about because they didn't get mm. the callback at the end. So at some point during a discussion of Jeff Bezos's mermaid bust of his fiance and yacht season and Leonardo DiCaprio and art weddings and free ports, <laughs> we debated whether Leonardo DiCaprio is a cool man and whether there are any cool men in the world and whether we could think of cool men. And we, you and I were both hard pressed on the spot to think of a genuinely cool man. <laughs> the general consensus was once men start speaking, coolness goes away. So that's tough for them. <laughs> They've had other advantages Very. in life. So they, yeah, they can work through it, but it's hard to be a cool man who speaks. But since then we've had some time to reflect <laughs> And to think of some cool men. And I, so are we just going to bring some cool men to the table and then do like a joint gavel judge situation? Sure. I just, I still had a hard time coming up with some. So I'm just sort so of did curious I. where you landed. I think there's only like one person that I came up with on my own that I can like really stand behind. That I'm just like, this is a cool guy who's famous. Okay. By the way, this is limited to people who also like, are famous. And I think that really limits the pool because the craving to be famous is not cool. Right. <laughs> and to let yourself be known in the world thus makes you thirsty and uncool. Yes, I agree. So I do think that musicians have a leg up on the rest of the celebrity pool. There's That's just, true. first of all, there's a real skill often involved. There's a real like, you know, almost famous taps into this. There's a real mystique that comes Mm -hmm. with like being part of 
a stage performance where like you're doing something, but you are not like necessarily talking. I just think there's a lot of musicians that you could be like, they're cool. For example, again, this is not the one that I wanted to land on, but I do feel like you can make a case that most of the Beatles and most of the Rolling Stones are cool. Well, the living. Also, they have to be living, right? Sure. We can't, we can't like open the books. Of course, to... but just in terms of like sure. discussing what's what makes someone cool. So I think probably John Lennon, yes, was cool. Mm-hmm. Though he's a real wife guy. <laughs> I mean, he's a real wife guy, and I think that's okay. I think sure. that he was cool, but like it's hard to distinguish between his coolness and his annoyingness, you know, at some sure. point. You know, respect John Lennon was one of the great artists. Respect to John Lennon. I don't think Paul McCartney is cool. I think he's Just a genius. genius. Yeah. And he's also my fave. But I don't know if he's cool. George Harrison is probably cool. Ringo, I don't know if he's cool. So one out of one out of four. But George Harrison was also <laughs> cool by virtue of he wasn't like the main guy, so he didn't have to carry all of the weight and like opine all the time. And then that also drove him to seek out his own avenues of coolness. So structurally, I think that was helping with him. But at Rolling Stones, I think we're like maybe cool in the 60s when they were like in the south of France evading taxes. But now, (laughs) to me, they have crossed into the Rubicon of like men of a certain age who like aren't that cool, which is Mm. interesting because in my list of potential cool men, I noticed that everyone was like over 50 because there's a certain (laughs) like, I don't care about this anymore that, that is necessary to being both famous and cool. And I, that's kind ro- of how I feel about Ringo because Ringo going on Shining Time Station is just so fucking funny to me and an incredible money grab and also very entertaining that I'm just like, that's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, I just think he's too goofy to be cool. Okay. okay. One of the great drummers of, of all time. Really important. I appreciate his contributions. My judgment is not cool. Okay. Fair Thanks, Gavel. Okay. Do you want to know my one unequivocally cool man? Yes. Barack Obama. Yeah, I think so. I think that he, I think <laughs> Maybe that's to, true. Like, to the country's detriment, honestly, but like unequivocally cool. <sighs> this one's really hard for me to unpack. I do think that he's cool, even as he veers into like cool dad tendencies. Sure. And also, which is like, a different category and maybe I think ultimately isn't that cool. And also I think his pursuit of cool is like possibly to the detriment of, you know, our common good sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I am a big fan. I I would be sort of like, I don't know how to approach you. You seem pretty cool. Yeah. And I just feel like there's a couple of like unscripted moments from his presidency that were just like dope. And like also all of like the ways they that he and Michelle incorporated like the arts into their mm-hmm. into their time in the spotlight, I also found to be very like really towing the line between like earnest and forward and interesting. And I felt like that was just really impressive. I think my one concern here, <laughs> I like well, we're I, concerned about Barack Obama's coolness. <laughs> I have, well, we brought it to the table. I mean, I guess I have like some larger socio-political concerns, but whatever, that doesn't really yeah, matter. I think we both agree perhaps it's to the detriment of the country that he's so cool. 
Yeah, because we're and because we're giving him credit for that rather than, you know, for his policy pursuits. And Policies. His, exactly. Not a cool dancer. And it's very hard to be a cool dancer, mm-hmm. but there is enough documented footage of Obama dancing in a, and looking kind of goofy that it's sort of the first person I thought of when you said this. Well, not the first person, but Jay-Z was on my list of possible cool people, but he's really been sidelined as a dad. And also there is that meme of him like nodding his head dancing at the like Grizzly Bear concert from 2009 mm-hmm. or whatever. I was just like, oh, that's like kind of the moment where Jay-Z went from being like cool to to cool emeritus, I guess. <laughs> Which is like a, separate, a great category. He's cool, cool emeritus along with along with the Rolling Stones, you know? So it might be, but I wouldn't put Obama in that category because I do think some of his coolness is that he's in these deeply uncool places and also these places of real stature and still, you know, has our, it seems to be cool. Semi-cool? Yeah. Okay. I think, he's, I-, co- I think he's unequivocally cool. I mean, that's okay. just where I fall. You may okay. per- perhaps you don't agree and that's fine, but I just feel like he's the one guy that I can point to and I'm like, yeah, that's it. He bet on himself. Okay. He's incredibly confident. He's funny. He makes he's self-effacing. So he's I great. have I have a related suggestion. Okay. And and I think you'll you'll really get this. And also maybe their connection is what disqualifies my suggestion as well, which is a, another aging musician musician of a certain age, excuse me. Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> I was wondering if he if he was going to come up in this conversation. I think Bruce Springsteen's pretty cool. Yeah. He is cool. To me, I have a question for you. How much does sexual attraction play into coolness? Not necessarily for I me. I think it's like fairly low in this in these yeah, situations. Because frankly, <laughs> I've never found Bruce Springsteen attractive at any age. So that's part of it. Oh, I, just, I mean, I, I think he's attractive, but it's like <laughs> just generally speaking. But that pull, there's something actually, you have to be slightly unapproachable to be cool. I think definitely that's that's another thing where Obama is like pretty re- relatable, even, you know, like he is a he's I would be nervous to talk to him, but I would be like, hello, sir. Like, I thank you so much. But, you know, whereas <laughs> there's like, a language I to approach the president, whereas there's not really a language to approach like an amazing rock star. Exactly. Though maybe there is a language to approach Bruce Springsteen because he does seem like a nice I don't know. He has just been being Bruce Springsteen for so long and is still like selling out, you know, crowds, Broadway shows, like diving into the camera at the Super Bowl. He's like doing his thing and has been doing his thing for so long and also has such power where I think almost everyone would be like, oh my God, it's Bruce Springsteen. You know, like where fa- other famous people, I think like even like, you're a cool person. Like that Barack Obama, the president of the United States is like, oh my God, it's Springsteen. You know what I'm saying? So there's yeah. a level of cool where you can make other cool famous or like, you know, people like freak out. So that's one of my suggestions. We got a group suggestion. I don't know who, well, you got a suggestion. Who suggested Lenny Kravitz? That one's pretty good. I think that's another great one. Lenny yes. Kravitz is really good. Also been doing his thing for a long time. The scarf is absolutely iconic. I mean, the scarf is is something that will, if you don't know, just Google Lenny Kravitz scarf, but he has this 
giant, giant scarf. And it's funny. Mm-hmm. He moves about the world in a way where truly it seems like nothing can affect him unless he wants it to. I would say he is the father of an unequivocally cool woman. So like that that's true. Pre- that's pretty impressive. Lenny Kravitz is a really good suggestion. I, I agree. Like Lenny Kravitz, I think, cool. I, I accept that. Lenny Kravitz, cool. I agree with everything <laughs> that you're saying. There's also you just know what's some, funny? Yes. Side note, I feel like Jason Momoa is like the absolute inverse. He's like... <laughs> Not cool at all. So Lisa Bonet, she really went along the spectrum. Well, the scarf moment is such an interesting moment in coolness, right? Because like it was on its face like a patently absurd thing and another meme. And on anyone else, you know, who gets photographed wearing this like, a you know, gigantic cartoon scarf and then gets circulated around the internet. They'd be like scarf guy, you know, or (laughs) they, they couldn't, sometimes you have to like bend all the way around to uncool and back to cool again (laughs) to be able to fully (laughs) maintain your coolness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And he just kind of like transcended any embarrassment about the scarf. So I think Lenny Kravitz is a good one. I have another one for you. Okay. Steven Soderbergh. Hmm. That's a good one. Again. And uh, like, an artist, in this case, a, a filmmaker of, of a certain age who has just been doing his thing forever and is like really into the things that he's into, obviously m- making films, but also reading a lot of contemporary fiction written by women and making a liquor, some sort of like, I, I don't know what kind of liquor it is. I think it it's is. a tequila, I think. No, it's not. It's like, it's like oh, a really? brandy or something. Whatever. Oh. Obviously watching Below Deck. He, he, he has high-low in the most perfect exactly. and aspirational way. He right. is, which makes him very cool. He's very intelligent. He, like, he has sort of been, like, the, I don't want to say the Cassandra, because that, that's rude, but, like, I mean, the film industry is kind of in shambles, so Cassandra would be apt. He, like, he understands the industry and has been, like, very forward-looking about how movies are made and how Hollywood works and what to do about art. He has, like, I just, he's very savvy. He seems like he would be a great hang. He seems like he has cool friends. Like, it seems like he has a pretty good life. I'm into it. I don't know if he would be a great hang because I don't know his personality enough, but he has so much substance that you could really go, you could talk for a long time. So like, exactly, it wouldn't get awkward. I don't know if it would be like, the best time ever, but there would be a lot to parse. I mean, you could just go by okay. day by day of his diary. So, <laughs> right, exactly. He's also the rare case of someone making a diary and like logging things and it being cool and interesting and compelling content. Most other people are keeping spreadsheets, and I'm like, this is really nerdy. That's a really good point. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we, we want to know. In the course of this exercise, I had two questions for you. One is last week we did not talk about the GQ profile of Ryan Gosling written by Zach Barron, to whom you are married. And I, Zach, not Ryan. And I was wondering (laughs) um, where you stand on Ryan Gosling's coolness then and now. Before Before Zach's experience and after. I thought a lot about him for this exercise. And in terms of cool actors... It's like he's pretty close because <laughs> because first of all, certainly to me, 
Ryan Gosling seems very kind, but I would not be able to approach him because I would be like, it's like Ryan Gosling. You know, this was my husband interviews a lot of famous people and I'm usually like, oh, cool. And this one, I was like, really? Ryan Gosling? Like, really? (laughs) But he obviously is like a former child star. He's an actor. Actors, you know, they try. And sometimes we think that trying and coolness are mutually exclusive but I gotta be honest, right now it just seems like he has a beautiful life with Ava Mendez and his two children in an uh, undisclosed beach town. And whenever he feels like making a lot of money, he goes and does a project and then goes back to his great life. Seems nice. See, I'm pro. So that <laughs> seems, he seems pretty cool to me. Yeah. I don't know about I, I I'm not saying he's not cool, and I'm not. I obviously like him. Who doesn't like Ryan Gosling? I don't know how to classify exactly. him. He's just like, he's just one of a kind, which is why he's Ryan Gosling. It's true. It. I mean, the question is, can any actor be cool? I don't know. Okay. Well, this brings me to my next question for you, which is, I have two people that I am pretty sure are no longer or perhaps never were cool. But I love them so much that I think of them as cool because that's love. Yeah. And so question for you, was or is, was George Clooney ever cool and is he cool now? So this was suggested by many friends. I I think the Nespresso commercials sort of (laughs) are the, just the disqualification. Just boom. And I think George Clooney is incredibly charming and charismatic And I would like to hang out with him and like live a life curated by him. But once again, I refer you to the Nespresso commercials and also to the (laughs) Casamigo trucks that are driving around Los Angeles still with his face plastered on them. The Casamigos has been running commercials from like 2013. Well, one counterpoint on the Casamigos thing. He's so famous and so confident that he is secondary in all of the Casamigos, like, branding. Like, in the commercials, he doesn't speak. It's Randy Gerber. In the in the weird motorcycle ads, he's, like, the second guy. It's sort of, I'm like, <laughs> I see what you're doing. I think it's funny. For me, what kills the coolness is his Zoom persona. I don't know if you watched any George Clooney Zoom content over the, close, the course of COVID, but it was just really not the Doug Ross experience or the Danny Ocean experience. But yeah, that's a really, that's really on the cusp for me. I just love him so much. Speaking of Zach, Zach interviewed George Clooney via Zoom during the pandemic. And that was a real me standing outside the door, like listening to the cadence of, you know, being like, oh my God, that is George Clooney. It's just like muffled sounds like from Peanuts, you know, like wah, 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 wah. But it was like George Clooney, wah, 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 wah. You know, love George Clooney. Not cool. Thanks, Gabble. Okay, here's my other one, which is like also, I, I know this is like just my personal hobby horse mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and forever love of the late aughts, early 2010s. And I know you're going to laugh at me, but like this is just where my my heart goes, which is Ezra Koenig from Vampire Weekend. Maybe he is. Maybe. Oh, wow. Because... <laughs> this is so validating. <laughs> Listen, here are some here are some Wait. points in his favor. Okay. Very early to the Crocs trend. Like he was ironically wearing Crocs and other sandals with socks like before Justin Bieber, before Diplo, before anyone. He like has mm-hmm. always sort of been very interested in style in his own way. He's obviously incredibly smart. I would say he's also probably a genius. He 
like clearly enjoys being famous as the lead of Vampire Weekend, but like that's it. Like he doesn't court fame all the time. And yeah, I, I think he's like probably my second biggest celebrity crush of all time behind George Clooney. So that's that's where yeah. I am. <laughs> well, I, my short version was going to be musical genius, but yeah. not overexposed. And, yes. you know, and, and part of that is because Vampire Weekend has released albums on like a quiet cadence. I think it's been like six years, right? I, you know, I really, I really like yeah. the most recent one. So does my son, actually. Vamp- Vampire Weekend is great music for toddlers, for anyone in your life who's looking for that. But otherwise, is not out and about. And is clearly, you know, it's like, has a, has a really cool wife. I was going to say, has a family with Rashida Jones, but they're not out and about. So like that mystique, you don't know too much about him. But what he puts out in the world is genuinely really good. Sorry, I just want to say, by the way, partner, I don't know if they're married. Ezra, for me, I've met once or twice. And it's like the most intimidating cumulative 45 seconds of my life because I love him so much. <laughs> so that's where I am. Were there any for you that that's you're good. like, is this my bias or is this person cool? No, not really. But mostly because I was just immediately being like, this person's not cool. This person's not cool. This person's not cool. (laughs) I don't think so about my bias only because I was very conscious of my bias. And it's not like I've started with a wealth of people and was like, wow, look at all these cool people. And then I had to think hard about it. I guess I'm very particular. I'm not going to give the cool label to just anyone. So I was more struggling to find people. And I questioned anyone. Here's a great example. Mark Ronson, one of Mm. my like all time, you know, celebrity enthusiasms. Affiliated with a lot of cool people, very talented, was maybe cool in the mid 2000s. Yes. I think he was a hipster before hipsterdom became mainstream. Right. So that's cool, I guess. But, you know, I think it would be even uncooler if he had tried to stay cool, you know? But he's not really pursuing the coolness anymore. And, like, I love Uptown Funk, and I'm happy for all the money that everyone received. But, like, you know, dancing, like, background at the Super Bowl to Bruno Mars on Uptown Funk. mm, It's different than Springsteen, like diving into a camera after being Springsteen for 40 years, you know? Sure. It's just like, mm. the the other thing is that the friends who suggested uh, George Clooney posited that really the only truly cool person in the world is Rihanna and everyone else is just like not trying or not, or can't like, can't do it. So I think that is correct. Um, I also had this conversation with Callie and we instantly went to Rihanna. I mean, like, yeah. I, I think Rihanna is just unparalleled. There's no one else like her. She is the coolest person in the world. And everyone else is second to that. I agree. It, or like far behind. Yes. So I although agree. I do think it's easier to come up with cool women. And also I feel like a lot of men, if they associate with cool women as like the wives, girlfriends, partners, it confers a coolness on them. I think that's true. I mean, so in that sense, I was like weighing in my head, like, is Rocky cool? Is he not cool? But I think it's, he's like somewhat cool, but so much of it is just like riding Rihanna's coattails and good for, and good for him. Yeah. I think also the ASAP mob stuff is cool. Yeah. 
and also helps rate. It's like a rising tide lifting all cool, all boats striving for coolness. So yeah. there's that too. Well, if you have other suggestions, people, please send them along. Congratulations to Lenny Kravitz. I think he's our 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 winner of the <laughs> he's day. He's a big winner. <laughs> and I think maybe congratulations to Ezra Koenig. It's very hard for you to get to for you to call someone cool, Amanda. So congrats to him. I think yeah. The lesson there is do less press, you know, and then <laughs> that's true. Talk less. Yeah. There you go. All right. On the topic of talking less, something we've been telling Prince Harry for several years now, and yet. Here we are still talking about him because he's still talking about his legal action against various media entities of the United Kingdom. Last week, he was in court testifying in relation to his lawsuit against the Mirror. And there was a lot of anticipation beforehand from royal press about like what he might say. And he didn't say anything new, in my opinion. <laughs> so... I only I wanted to briefly talk about this because it it was historically significant in that a royal like took the stand in London for the first time in hun- hundreds of years. It seems like a like. really long time. Yeah. yeah, this is one of three lawsuits that Prince Harry is currently a party to against various newspapers. But he testified, and it just sort of became apparent that he doesn't have a legal case, which is different than saying that he's wrong or that the tabloids are good, you know, and and we consume them. But I think it's pretty clear that they've been hugely invasive and have ruined many people's lives, not just the royals. But it's like every time he made an assertion that like all of the even the favorable newspapers had to write like, Prince Harry was not able to provide evidence of this or everyone, you know, and he would be like, well, you found out this piece of information and it must have been from hacking. And then the the defense would be like, "Okay, but also the palace has released a statement about it. And I am just kind of like, how did he get to a place where he's on the stand and just does not is not prepared and like does not have the evidence like and part of me was literally wondering is it because they don't have enough money to pay for the really really good lawyers to make the really good case like if they could have afforded Gwyneth Paltrow's lawyer it would have been okay like what's going on how I love like, how every time you're stumped by something your assumption is it's a money problem I follow the money Julia well you know what Julia <laughs> sometimes you got to get down to brass tacks but I'm just like how did like you don't have the case, you know? Well, like, what are you doing? I think there's I think there's a certain type of celebrity. One of them used to be the president of the United States who I think just, like, goes through lawyers until you get the answer you're looking for and you get the get the lawyer who's willing to, like, represent you. And that I, I think that seems possible as well, that, like, many people don't want to be involved in this. And yeah. so you end up with a less good lawyer or someone who doesn't prep you properly to be on the stand or... Who knows what else? I mean, I think the reason there was not, nothing shocking is because there's not right. any new evidence that we didn't know about. I mean, like, the other other things that I found surprising... Well, one thing I found really funny is I was just, like, reading live updates on the BBC... Or, I think, on the Guardian live blog. Mm-hmm. And one of them was, like, the court has agreed to call him Prince Harry and not his royal... Like, after saying royal, his royal highness once or something. And I was just like, I can't believe we're still talking about his title. And... I also was just sort of surprised that he pursued this to invite like reopening conversation about his relationship with like 
Chelsea Davies and Cressida Bonas. Right. Like, I was just really surprised at like the because obviously he had to, he was aware of what was in the, the the papers that were already submitted, and that like he was invested enough to like allow that to to resurface or whatever. I just thought that was like very strange and surprising, I guess. But yeah, I mean. It ended up being like a big nothing, which turns into, I think, being like just an L once again in the in the public strategy of the Sussexes. There's just absolutely no one telling them no in any part Correct. of their lives. And I think if you do tell them no, you no longer work together. Yeah. Well, so good luck to them. Maybe I'm wrong. She maybe will. my reading my maybe my reading of the UK legal system is incorrect. It's different. And maybe they'll win, but I don't know. It didn't really look like it. Didn't seem great. Next, there was a big car race over the weekend in France. This is not part of Formula One. I just want to be clear, Amanda. Well, I I do know that, but I just thought the intersection of European auto racing and a famous person like an actor. I just, so Michael Fassbender, he of the X-Men movies and shame and uh, being married to Alicia Vikander is like also a race car driver. He drives for Porsche and it's very, or he drives Porsches. I don't, I don't really know how it works. He was part of the Porsche team at Le Mans and he had a six hour stint. It's a 24 hour race where the goal is to drive as much distance as possible. It's not a timed race. If you have not seen the film Ford versus Ferrari and you want to learn more about Le Mans, you can watch Ford versus Ferrari. Anyway, so Michael Fassbender, who is like in movie, he's in the new David Fincher movie that's supposed to come out at the end of this year and compete for Oscars, is also just like still being a race car driver. And I marvel at the uh, multi, you know, hyphenate quality of this. It's also such a funny European multi-hyphenate, you know, like no one here cares at all. But my guy is just really doing it all in a in a very niche European European way. That's all. He's okay. The crash, The crash was fine. He's fine, yeah. It's part part of part of the fun. I think that Porsche accepts celebrities very openly. I believe Patrick Dempsey also drives for Porsche in some capacity in his race car, second moonlighting, whatever. He also like collects Porsches. So mm-hmm. I think it might be the like celebrity, like the actor brand of choice. I just I was talking to Kate Hallowell about what kind of wag one should want to be. Like if you have to be in a relationship with a professional athlete, like what's the best sport to marry into? And she was asking me if like F1 would be a deterrent because of like the danger. And I was like, no, no more so than football where you get hit on the head every day, every week. Right, right, right. And I was saying F1 seems fine. I feel like with car racing in general, there's like a danger to it that is very real. And like people have died. And a couple of years ago, this one driver almost died in Formula One. But I think there's something about the like craving of attention that also like makes someone like Michael Fassbender and Patrick Dempsey think that like, they just like need, keep meeting different challenges. So it leads them to car racing. I am completely baffled by it. I just, Michael Fassbender, David Fincher movies take a lot of time. You know, he does like a hundred takes for, so how does Michael Fassbender have time to be doing both of these <laughs> things? I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe because he only does like one movie a year. I guess so. That's, that's another key to being a cool person. Not I don't know what, no overexposure, no overexposure, like one thing a year. Yeah. Yeah piece of news confirmed over the weekend, Billy Crudup and Naomi Watts now married. Congratulations. Seems nice to, uh, actors, I would say finding each other. Yes. They went, they went to city hall 
Yeah. And then they they went home. I I did note that the paparazzi were conveniently stationed outside their home when they returned home from City Hall. But you know what? And everybody hires everybody hires a wedding photographer. So I'm just gonna make that joke too. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? I feel like Naomi Watts is. I I feel like if she had a memoir, I would happily read it. I feel like she's got a lot of secrets, a lot of like celebrity friends just like just because like she's also not overexposed i wouldn't go far go so far as to call her cool but i do think that like she has this probably interesting stories to tell so that's like that's an audiobook that i'd like to listen to so just consider it naomi watts okay that's <laughs> wow i'm <laughs> i don't want to know what the secrets are i want to preserve them for the book but you know she seems like <laughs> she has a lot of secrets it's not something i personally would have said about naomi watts but is i think a compliment like, yeah, definitely. I, I don't have any secrets, but I would be flattered if someone said she seems like she has a lot of secrets. I just know so little about her. I'm like, what's going on there? Yeah, I think she's Australian. Yeah, she's friends with Nicole Kidman. She's Australian. She used to be with Leah Shriver and now she's married to Billy Crudup. That's like basically all I got. Yeah. Congratulations um, to them. Final question for you. Yes. What What's going on with Jonah Hill? I, is he, I mean, is I, he I, doing performance art? Like, what's going on? He, I just was reading for a couple of days ago in the Hollywood Reporter that he has like a new like satirical lifestyle brand called, or he's playing a someone called Prophet Ezekiel Prophet who's trying to make money off of happiness, and it's like satirizing like the wellness industry, but he's also making money off it, and like has a, has a partnership with Betterment, which is a a mental health company right. that the ringer does ads for. Like, I'm just confused I think about what he is, he's doing. I think that he is publicly exploring his own mental health and also like our, the collective understanding of mental health in like a, a an artist way. He made a documentary for Netflix called uh, Stutz about, about his therapist and about his, his mental health that like is actually worth seeing is very interesting. So I think that that, is an area of interest for him right now and doing it in in front of everyone. And then this is some sort of outgrowth of that is what I would guess. I'm finding it very strange. Okay. Uh, I also noticed a couple weeks ago, Beanie Feldstein got married, got the full Vogue spread, looked like a beautiful mm-hmm. wedding at Cedar Lakes Estate, popular wedding venue here in New York State. Mm-hmm. And he was not a part of that at all. He did just have a child, so perhaps he couldn't go because yeah, of his... Yeah, that's, that's what I wondered. I also read the reports of like the that his partner gave birth like June very 2nd. soon after. Yeah. And so you get, you get grounded at some point. Right. Um, I, I just know. was like, and then like he debuted this alter ego as part of his exploration into mental health at the Lakers game alongside Lisa Rinna. Lisa Rinna is probably not high on your list of topics, Amanda, but she, for those who watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, she's a real lightning rod. She was recently fired from the show. Oh. So it's just weird. I don't know. I don't know what to okay. say. It's not working for you. Uh, I'm just confused by it. So I guess I'll be keeping an eye on it. Maybe yeah. it is working because I'm talking about it. And I'm like, what's happening here? Check out Stutz. I thought it was interesting. Okay. Oh, well. Any final questions from you? No, I think that's it. I I almost asked you where you are on Scandalball. Like, oh. what this... Do you want to give, like, a 10-second verdict? I know you've been doing this on reality TV, but it's like... I haven't. Our colleagues have. Check out Morally Corrupt on the Ringer Reality TV show, Ringer Reality TV podcast. I'm personally ready to move on. I am Uh, as well. And I'm ready for the tabloids to move on. I want to be clear that I don't feel that Ariana or like 
anyone else who was like really hurt by the the deceit led by Tom Sandoval. Like I understand if they are not ready to move on, but you know what? We'll watch that on season 11 of Vanderpump Rules. I'm like done following this breathlessly. I'm done looking for Easter eggs and I hope that everyone gets the money that they can right now, like capitalize. Sure. But I also, and I also like really, really, really dislike Raquel. And I think she, there's, there's a lot of like issues there, but like, I think everyone is sort of like, wow, this person's probably unwell because her reunion performance was very weird with a lot of smiling. So yeah, I'm ready to move on, but like what a fucking run for Bravo and the television show. I mean, it's crazy. And for Ariana, she's making so much money right now. I'm happy for her. She deserves it. Seems like a nice person. All right. There we go. But case closed. Yeah. Okay. The case is closed. Tom Sandoval's a liar. In the words of James Kennedy, Sandoval's a liar. So there you go. Thanks for asking. Thank you to our producer, Jade Whaley. Thanks to Lenny Kravitz and Ezra Koenig and Bruce Springsteen for and Barack Obama, all for existing. We see you. And uh, we hope you have a great week. <laughs> <laughs> 